Hello and welcome to the second ever episode of the Rocktober All Over the World podcast, a podcast for Rockies fans in the UK and around the world. It's your host, Thomas Richard here, and again this week for your first place, Colorado Rockies sitting at 9-3 and three atop the NL West. Series wins this week over the Padres, a 2-1 series win there. And a 3-1 series win over the San Francisco Giants, which was wrapped up on Thursday evening. And now the Rockies look ahead to going back on the road to the Seattle Mariners. That series kicks off tonight as we're recording this on Friday. And so on this week's podcast, we've got a couple of great guests. Sam Bradfield from the Purple Row, you'll hear her first. And then to close out the podcast, we'll have Bubba from the UK Mariners and they'll be on to chat a bit about what the Seattle Mariners have been up to so far this season and preview this week's upcoming series. So without further ado, we'll kick straight into the conversation I had with Sam Bradfield from Purple Row. So I'm delighted to welcome Sam Bradfield from Purple Row to this week's October All Over the World podcast. Sam, thanks a lot for coming on and how are you doing? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, re- I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here. So it's been a little while since I've done some podcasting, but it'll be good. Yeah, so I mean... What has it been like for you guys? Have you have you been in the press box at Corsfield in this past week? Yeah, I was actually there yesterday and what's today, Friday? I was there yesterday and Wednesday. Um, so that was certainly a whole new whole new ball game, if you will, pun intended. <laughs> yeah, what what was that like? I mean, they've been playing the uh, crowd noise into the stadium, haven't they? Has that been? Are you a fan of that or not? I thought I would be, and then I got to the ballpark, and honestly, it's a little weird. Like, in the press box, you're all distanced, and everybody's wearing masks, and that's that's totally fine. I'm fine with that. Um, but yeah, the crowd noise was really weird, because it's just, I, I was a, uh, a musician, so my, my background is in music education, so some of that might even be kind of my musician's ear, but it just sounds thin, and it definitely kind of sounds fake it sounds thinner than I thought it would um they still do they play the music between innings they play the walk-up music and they even have Charlie Blackman's tonight with the crowd um cut out and other than that yeah the crowd noise is weird it's thin and man they get excited for everything like sometimes I feel like I'm at Dodger Stadium you know the Giants would hit a fly ball in the and the crowd would go wild as it like dropped in front of Garrett Hampson. <laughs> so it was, they were very excited about just about everything, but it's what, certainly different, but it is what it is. And what's it, are you able to hear the players as well? I saw a couple of tweets of the, some of the reactions in uh, last night's game, at least. What, what is it like being able to hear the dugouts a lot more? Yeah, you can definitely hear them a lot more, uh, for better, for worse. I think it was Daniel Murphy after the game who was like, yeah, my dad said he can hear me on TV, so I need to be careful. Um, It honestly reminded me, I I was in Phoenix for four years, and so I would go to the Arizona Fall League, and it reminded me a lot of of that, quite honestly. You go in, and there's like 10 people in the stadium, um, and so you can hear all the sounds of the game, and you can hear the players talking and um, kind of – I'm trying to think of like some specific instances, but you can really hear them talking to each other and reacting. And it's, it's kind of a fun experience hearing that and seeing them get excited for each other and maybe even a little extra excited because they're their own cheering section at this point. (laughs) So, but yeah, it's a lot of fun, I think. So. So let's talk about some of the on-field action. The Rockies 
save his wins over the Padres and the Giants in the past week, uh, five and two in their last seven games. I mean, what have you made of the Rockies' start to the season? I'm not sure how optimistic you were coming in, but uh, they seem to be exceeding most people's expectations. Yeah, I mean, I had them, we did our Purple Rose staff predictions, and I had them around 32 and 28 through 60 games. I feel like that's kind of about where they were. I figured they would have a bounce back year after the year they had last year. Um, I honestly didn't expect them to have this hot of a start, especially considering, um, you know, they went up against the A's early and the Padres could be a potential threat in the division um, kind of in the next couple of years. So I expected them to come out. I mean, they always come out swinging really early and then they kind of cool off in June. So I didn't expect them to go, you know, nine and three through their first 12 games, but it's really exciting to see especially with the year Kyle Freeland had last year. And I mean, John Gray was really good last year and Herman Marquez was really good last year. I was a little worried about Marquez because he's been kind of dubbed the ace and we've kind of got the curse of the ace going on, if you will. Uh, Gray was the ace in 2018. Look how that turned out. Kyle Freeland was the ace in 2019. Look how that turned out. So I was a little worried about that, but he seems to be performing really, really well. And Kyle Freeland's bouncing back. Sensatel has looked really good. Um, Chichi Gonzalez, kind of that fifth starter spot, is still a little bit questionable. Um, but I'm really excited for the pitching. And even the bullpen has looked pretty good as well with the additions of Tyler Kinley, who in our Purple Row Sim performed exceptionally well. Um, we've got Tyler, hashtag must see Kinley. Um, so I'm excited to see him work a little bit more and see how he, how he stacks up. And then Yancy Almonte performed really well and I'm just you know it's kind of a younger bullpen but I'm really excited to see what some of these guys can do even Estevez um, and Jairo Diaz so yeah and how do you think we will see that fifth spot in the rotation come out throughout the rest of the season do you think Chi Chi and Jeff Hoffman they maybe go a type of three innings each almost type of thing or do you think one of those will be able to kind of lock that position down I don't necessarily think it would be like a piggyback situation of three and three. Maybe I could see, I think right now it's Chi Chi's job, but um, Bud Black has been kind of hinting at Jeff Hoffman getting a bigger role. So depending on how Chi Chi performs in his next start, which would be Sunday, I think, um, I think we can kind of, we'll kind of see from there and then we'll see with Hoffman because Hoffman's been all over the place too. So he's kind of out of out of options also, if you will. Um, so we'll see how long of a leash he gets. And if he ends up not performing well either, we'll kind of see see where they go from there, especially with such a short season. So, yeah. yeah. I suppose the other kind of roll up for grabs is the closer role. We won't be seeing Oberg this season. Probably Davis is on the IL at the moment. But I imagine we probably won't be seeing him back in the closer all this season if he does come back on the roster. So where, where do you think they will go? Do you think it's Jairo Diaz's job to lose there as well? Or do you think someone like Kinley could come in and make that spot their own? I think right now it's Diaz's job. That seems to be kind of the overarching um, kind of feel. Because I think Bud Black the other day said that with Oberg down and with Davis on the injured list for the foreseeable future, Diaz was the guy... And then Estevez is kind of the second guy if Diaz is down for a couple of days. And then the third guy would be Kinley. But we saw Yancy Almonte come out the other day and pitch really well in that closing role. So who knows? Maybe Yancy could be a dark horse to come in and 
take over the closer role? Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, especially after uh, the commotion on the the last game when he was in and then he was out and then he was back in again, it'd be a, you know, it reminded me of the uh, Brock Osweiler, Peter Manning situation that they had a few years back, but um, it all worked out well in the end and we got the win. But um, if we talk, touch, move on to the offense now for a little bit, I mean, from what I've seen, these first two guys that I've noticed have been pleasant surprises really uh, with their offense, Matt Kemp and Chris Owings, who... I definitely didn't expect to hit, um, even at course field. But, I mean, Chris Owings, is, he had a rough start, didn't he? But he's come on in this last week or so. And then Matt Kemp as well as you know, showed that he's not over the hill just yet. Yeah, I mean, well, Matt Kemp has historically hit really well at course field. So it's not completely surprising, I don't think, to anybody that he's hitting as well as he is. Um, Owings, I saw a lot in Arizona. I saw him come up in 2013 and you know, take over for AJ Pollock and all the, all the stuff that he did in Arizona. Um, So I was a little surprised that he, you know, he's had kind of a couple of down years and I'm glad that he, I'm happy to see him kind of bounce back. I really like CO. Um, So hopefully he can keep going. I mean, that of course at the expense of guys like Garrett Hampson or even, you know, potentially Ryan McMahon at second base or, you know, down the line, Brendan Rogers. Um, so we'll kind of see where that goes. And then I suppose the other guy is Trevor Story, who's got off to a hot start on both sides of the ball. Do, do you think that he could challenge for MVP this year? Yeah, except for that error he made on Wednesday night. But... Forget about that one. <laughs> forget about that everyone, one. Everyone makes one. Yeah, forget about it. Emphasis on the E. Uh, Anyway, yeah, I, I he's performed really, really well. I'll, let me pull up his stats real quick because I know he's hitting really well. But I, there was an, actually an article that came out um, in the Denver Post this morning about story about him challenging for the NL MVP. And my first thought was, how funny would it be? How ironic would it be if he gets the MVP before Nolan Arenado does? <laughs> but, you know, we've been talking about Nolan for MVP for however many years, and how funny would it be if Story beats him to it? But yeah, Story, I mean, Story historically hits pretty well. Um, and he's a really good shortstop. I mean, um, so I think him coming out and playing really well right out of the gate is not a surprise to anyone. Um, so hopefully he can keep it up. And especially with the, you know, it, uh, with Ryan McMahon kind of struggling right now, uh, it seems to be kind of Story lifting him up. So we'll see how that goes. And I had this conversation with Drew Creaseman last week as well and oh, nice. Story's done nothing to you know turn that down but do you think the in the next couple of years there is a real question mark there that Trevor Story could take over from Nolan Arenado and if you only have to pay one the Rockies could end up making that Trevor Story yeah I could honestly kind of see that um especially with kind of not necessarily like an attitude, but like, um, you know, I mean, they all want to win. So I totally get where everybody's coming from, but I think, um, I think Nolan would rather go somewhere else. Um, I think he's had a little bit of a rougher go of it. So I could see, I could see story sticking around. Also they Rockies like to draft third baseman, um, and then put them elsewhere around the diamond. So I think they, potentially would have a little bit of an easier time finding a corner infielder than a middle infielder. 
So especially finding a shortstop who can hit and perform nearly flawless baseball defensively is a lot harder. So you usually kind of get one or the other. So I think story is a good mix and he's going to be a lot harder to replace even on their depth chart. There's not, if story goes down, they don't have, there's a huge drop off there as opposed to, you know, third base. I mean, you can slide McMahon over to third base and he's not Nolan, but they've got a lot more options. And then, I mean, we're 12 games in now. Is, is there anyone there that's given you any sort of cause for concern so far? I think uh, I've touched on it a little bit. Ryan McMahon is one and that's certainly concerning. I mean, he's got, what, 18 strikeouts and 34 at-bats or 36 at-bats. Um, not great, but he's also hitting right around the 250 mark. So it's one of those, is he going to be, again, kind of like Story, where he's a high, or even Sam Hilliard, a high strikeout but high power kind of guy. Yeah, he's hitting 237, but he has 18 strikeouts and 38 tries. So 80, or 38 at-bats. So not great. He also has seven walks though. So I think just all of the strikeouts is definitely concerning because I mean, we've seen that from him before, but he's also only has, he only has one home run right now. So usually he'll go through streaks like last August, he had 38 strikeouts, but he also hit eight home runs. So we'll kind of see how, see if he kind of turns it on and if this is just a slow start or if this is going to be a really long year for him. And then coming up over the next week or so, we've got the series in Seattle on over the weekend and then Arizona come to course field, I think, don't they? Um, yep. You've said already that you know more, a lot more about Arizona than Seattle, but <laughs> I mean, if you look from what we've seen so far, it looks like two series that the Rockies should be looking to win. I mean, and what do you see coming up over the next week? And uh, you can talk a lot more about the Diamondbacks and the Mariners if you feel more comfortable <laughs> with that. Yeah, Seattle is a beautiful city, but I unfortunately don't know a whole lot about the Mariners. I know they have Taiwan Walker, who is a former Diamondback, and he pitched last night, and it sounded like he did okay coming off. He's coming off of Tommy John a couple of years ago. Um, so there's that. But yeah, I mean, the Mariners record, they're, I think, five and nine. Um, so they're, they're playing okay. It sounded like they got kind of thrown around by the, the Angels last night. So in theory, the Rockies should play well against Seattle. We'll kind of see how they do. This will be their first time going away from Coors Field after being at Coors Field. And so the Coors Field hangover effect is very well documented. So we'll see kind of how they do going from Coors to Seattle. But luckily, it's only a three-game set before they're back. And then they have three against the Diamondbacks, an off day on Thursday, and then uh, three against the Rangers also at Coors Field. Yeah, much nicer to go for the Coursefield hangover against the Mariners and the Dodgers anyway, that's uh, that's for sure. Uh, so then, yeah, the, the Diamondback series, I mean, what have you made of the Diamondbacks so far and what we can expect in that series? I was definitely surprised to see them get off to as slow of a start as they did. I mean, they started the season three and eight and it was like, what the heck? And then they had lost every single start made by Madison Bumgarner or Robbie Ray. They lost all of them. Um, I think they played the Astros last night and the night before, and they absolutely just demolished the Astros with a nine-run fourth inning, I think it was. Um, I mean, they beat them like 14 to 7. They just beat the crap out of them. <laughs> and that was, a, that was the first start 
that was made, it was made by Robbie Ray, who still kind of got shellacked, but, um, but that was the first start that either him or Mad Bum had made that the Diamondbacks actually won. And then last night they walked off the Astros on a Cole Calhoun double. So that was really exciting. They're back up to five and eight. They're still, you know, last in the West, but they're starting to turn it on a little bit. Um, they go up against the Padres, it looks like, this weekend. They have Luke Weaver, Merrill Kelly, and then Mad Bum. So we won't see Mad Bum during the Rocky series, but they'll start up against Robbie Ray on Monday. Um, yeah, I mean, if you look up their lineup, they only have, like, four guys hitting above 250. <laughs> so not great. And, and got even runs. Yeah, I know. But even, you know – looking at guys like Jake Lamb. Um, Lamb is one of my favorite Diamondbacks, and he's hitting 056. He, like, he's one for 18. Not super fantastic. But um, even like Mad Bum, he's 0-2. Robbie Ray is 1-2. But then they've got ERAs above 7. So Merrill Kelly has been their guy, and we'll see him, I think, next week as well potentially on like Wednesday, but I was surprised to see them get off to as slow of a start as they did. So we'll kind of see if they kind of turn it around. They dirt, they definitely have the potential. It's kind of like the Rockies last year where they did really, really well in 2018. And then last year just fell off a cliff in July. Um, so, but their roster was pretty much exactly the same. So it was kind of a weird thing. So I think that's kind of where we're at with the Diamondbacks is their roster is exactly the same plus the addition of Starling Marte. So they should be better in theory, but they started really awful. So we'll see if they kind of turn it around um, or if they continue to struggle. It would be good to, you know, we'll see if, if Robbie Ray can kind of pick it up because he's in a contract year. He always pitches five innings. He'll get you 10 strikeouts, but he'll do it on 110 pitches. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's what I have to say about the Diamondbacks. <laughs> and so how do you see the rest of the season playing out then? Obviously, with the expanded playoffs, with the start the Rockets have got off to, they seem to be in a good position now. I mean, they play a 500 ball from here on out. That probably should get them in. So, I mean, do you see now the Rockies as a playoff team? I do see them as a playoff team. I think unless they absolutely, again, fall off a cliff towards the end of the season, say September, just go like, I don't know, five and 25 through September or something horribly, horribly. If that happens, then maybe not. But I think with the way they're playing right now and the way they feel about themselves and you can, I mean, you can just feel it, especially like the pitching staff. They're just so excited. There's so much swagger, which they really had, in 2018, they just fed off each other. It was just one start after another where they were just stringing them together. And it kind of reminds me of that. So hopefully, hopefully they can continue this and keep that swagger and keep their heads on and, you know, keep calm and carry on, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what we need. Um, so, yeah, I suppose finally, I'm sure everyone who's listening to this does already follow you in Purple Road, but if not, would you like to plug where people can find you and the website and all that. Yeah. So you can find us um, at purplerow.com or you can also find us on Twitter at purple row. Um, and we've got, you know, all of our stuff on there. My, myself personally, you can find me at Sammy B S A M M I E the letter B and then underscore 27. Um, 
on Twitter. So yeah, we got some exciting stuff. We're hiring. We just hired some new writers who are really getting going and we've got some great stuff. I know uh, one of our writers, Renee Deckert today wrote a story about the rules of baseball in quote airplane time of COVID quarantine. You know, if you want to have a beer at 7am, go for it. Nobody's going to judge you in the airport. So kind of stuff like that. And then um, Darren Gonzalez is someone we just hired the other day and he just put out uh, three, three things that we noted about the, the early season Rockies. So um, yeah, lots of stuff going on. And if you're looking for some time to kill, we had our purple roast sim, which is all on YouTube um, from Ben Kuchner Kavich. And he did a really, really phenomenal job with all the play by play and um, simulated Rockies. So yeah, we've got a lot, a lot of good things going on. Right, Sam, thanks a lot for taking your time to come on the podcast this week. And uh, yeah, we'll hopefully get you back on in the future at some point when the uh, Rockies are maybe making a playoff run into October. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me, Tom. So thanks to Sam for coming on there. And now it's time for our conversation with the UK Mariners fan, Bubba as we preview this weekend's series as the Rockies head back on the road and hope that the Coursefield hangover doesn't take effect. So we'll get straight into that conversation now. So I'm uh, delighted to welcome Bubba from the UK Mariners to this week's October All Over the World podcast. Bubba, first of all, how are you doing? Doing great. It's Friday night. A little bit good. I missed the game last night because it was a friendly UK time, but otherwise doing all right. And so tell us a bit about what the Mariners have been up to so far this season. I mean, a 5-9 and nine start on paper doesn't look brilliant, but I mean, what, what were you expecting coming into this year? Well, I think the theme this year is we've got to tear it down to build it up. So uh, it, it's not going to be a pretty season for us. Uh, we're not expecting a whole lot from the guys, but the young guys are coming to, they're getting a lot of bats. I'm excited about Kyle Lewis. He's been better than advertised. And a couple of other young guys are just right in the cusp of coming up here. And what, I mean, what have the problem, why why are you five and nine? What what has gone wrong or not gone well so far? <laughs> uh, a combination of everything. So uh, the bullpen's been a little shaky, but that's kind of expected. I think they took a few flyers on guys to see how they turn out this year. And not much you can do about that. Uh, the guys are young. So if you get a, a solid pitcher up there, uh, they definitely can work the guys a little better. But uh, like I said, we're young and inexperienced. So you, <laughs> you can throw a dart and guess what could be wrong. And so, I mean, how do you see your division itself shaking up? The Rockies have played the Athletics and Rangers so far and won both of those series. The Astros haven't exactly got off to a flyer either. I mean, how do you see your division shaping up? It's going to be a tough one. Like I said, I think the Astros take it all. Uh, I think the Rangers are probably better than most people expected, but they're not going to be that great. Uh, The A's are always solid. They always seem to do everything right. Um, And then the Angels... Um, you never know. I, I don't think they started the season with much starting pitching, although uh, they, they pitched well last night against us. And uh, But, I mean, you look at that lineup, and it's it's strong, one through nine to the Angels. So, I mean, any team that has Mike Trout, you know, you've got to take care. Take the best team you can possible with him. Yeah, so, I mean, where would you expect the Mariners to kind of fall in that division then? Oh, last. I, I, I'm not, not going to share it. <laughs> like I said, whatever gets us the better draft pick. You know, I, I thought we'd be fighting the Orioles at the bottom, and clearly we're just only fighting the Tigers. Oh, uh, yeah. The, I mean, the Orioles have been a bit of a surprise. I mean, they got swept by the Marlins, didn't they? 
I mean, so talk to me about some things that you're excited about so far this season, some things that are going well. I mean, there's a lot of young guys there. So uh, obviously Kyle Lewis has started off. He had a 10-game history, um, although he's, he's due for some major regression. So I think he has something ridiculous like for, his batting on balls was just out of the park. So regression is going to come down there. But the fact he was – I think he was striking out in a clip at 45% rate and still batting over 400, that was uh, nice to see. Uh, I think you're going to see – are pitching with Justice Sheffield and Justin Dunn. Um, they're going to come around. They just need a little more time there. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're just kind of doing patchwork at the moment. So uh, Kyle Seeger's kind of holding the fort down as the old man there. And I think he's been on the team for like 10 years now, although it feels like forever. Um, and uh, excited about J.P. Crawford. Like, uh, he's always been, you know, excellent with the glove. And this year the bats seem to come on. So we're hoping that uh, it stays that way. And how has, I mean, what? How have your defeats come this year? Is it is it been the hitting that's failed to perform, or has it been the pitching that's gone? Mostly the pitching. So there, there's been a couple of errors here and there, but I would say mostly the pitching. That that, that seems to be uh, the, the problem for the Mariners throughout the year. So I can think of maybe two pitchers off the top of my head from the 40 years I've been a Mariners fan that we've actually developed and actually done there. Everything else has been through trades and luck. So what what are we seeing from your rotation this weekend? Starting who who is it, who's going for you guys tonight? First of all, oh man, I don't have to check to see what it is there. I hadn't actually seen who's who's up there yet. Um, Kikuchi. So yeah, he's he's been all right. So uh, it's not been fantastic, but I'll take it. You know, uh, um, he seems to do good for about four innings, and the wheels fall off for the fifth. So, but you can say that about a lot of the guys. Um, but he's been solid. I, no complaints there. I think he was hitting like 98 and then got radar gun the other day. So uh, nice to see that. Let's see. On Saturday, you're getting uh, oh, Margavicious. I don't know. I, I completely throw that one off there. I don't know much about him there. Um, I think he's come out of the bullpen to kind of throw against you guys. But And then we've got – who's the final one? Uh, Justice Sheffield. So, so it looks like we're throwing three lefties into you guys there. So uh, we'll see how that's going to play out. Yeah. So what are these? Are these guys kind of towards the back of your? Are we whereabouts in the rotation are we? Are we at one, two, three, or? <laughs> I don't know if we have a legitimate number one starter or not. Um, I, I, Kikuchi's pretty. You know, he's been pretty solid there. I guess you could put him at number one there. Uh, uh, I guess you know, with Justice Sheffield, you say that he's probably number two. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're struggling for the pitching at the moment. And so what, what are you expecting from this series? I mean, you're probably hoping for the course field hangover with the Rockies going on the road. First time that'll have happened this year after playing at home. Um, you know, I, I think you guys have been, you guys have been really good pitching this year. So I think, uh, that's what you're, you're really kind of surprised. Um, and you guys always have the bat. So, uh, it's going to be a fun one to watch. I said, uh, keep your eye on Kyle Lewis, but we'll see if we can stream together some hits and, and maybe take a, a win from you guys. You know, I hope for three, but realistically, I'm hoping we get one out of you guys. Let me just have a look at who the Rockies have got going. So we've got, so, I mean, you're going up against the back end of our rotation these first two nights. So I suppose if you're going to take one, you'll be looking to take it tonight or tomorrow right. because then it's Marquez uh, coming on Sunday, who's the uh, leader of the pack, I would say. Um, so, yeah, I mean, who have you guys got coming up after the Rockies? Oh, man. On Monday, we have uh, it is the Rangers. So, um, so yeah. So, like I said, if we take one, we'll be happy. I said, well, we'll aim for three, you know. And then <laughs> no. you'd be looking to pick up a series win against the Rangers there, probably, if you 
you can't. Yeah, fingers crossed. I think uh, depending on how well we play, uh, we should be able to take the Rangers. So I'm not going to uh, – I think they're going through a bit of trouble and uh, they're, they're trying to kind of rebuild but not rebuild. And, gosh, are we playing away in with them? I'm curious to see how that new ballpark plays because it looks terrible. <laughs> like I, I don't really think they need a new park. I mean, it's only like 20 years old, but you know what? If you got the money, you got the money. So, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see how it's going to play there. How do you feel that it played? Yeah, it, I mean, the Rockies definitely got into it as the series went on. It seemed a decent one for the it seemed a decent one for the pitchers. Um, but is it a retractable roof they've got there? Yeah, I think it yeah. opens up like a, like a barbecue. <laughs> yeah, so so the roof was closed for all three of our games. So I'm not sure what difference that being open could make. But. Um, yeah, I mean, it's probably forty degrees in Texas right now, anyway. So I can imagine it's gonna be close for us yeah. as well. Unless there's some, I mean, yeah. I suppose the best chance of it opening is gonna be a night game when it cools off a bit. I suppose, but um, they can save on their air conditioning bills. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I suppose the last thing is kind of let's have a prediction for this upcoming series. End. Are you gonna be optimistic, or are you uh, are you think the Rockies will uh, pull one out? I think you guys take two or three from us. I think we sneak one away from you guys, but you guys have been uh, sneaky good this year. So you guys have always had the offense and the pitching's really come on this year. Uh, playing in our place, it kind of plays to your guys' advantages. It's still Pitchers Park and Safeco. So, um, I, you, you know, it'll be a close game until like the fifth or sixth inning, and then the wheels will fall off for the Mariners <laughs> and then try to make a scrappy comeback. But, yeah, uh, realistically, I think we take one or three from you guys. And so, finally, would you just like to – plug where people can follow you and the UK Mariners on Twitter and keep up to date with everything that's going on with you guys. Yeah, you can just follow us on UK Twitter. Uh, it is the UK Mariners. Um, we've been trying to get as much stuff as possible. And I've been, I just kind of took it over now to kind of help out just because we've been doing a whole lot. So uh, I hope to see more of us there. You'll see a lot of stuff about uh, JP Crawford and Kyle Lewis because that's about all we got at the moment. <laughs> yeah, right. Bubba, uh, Thanks a lot for taking time to come on the show. Um, I'm not sure. When when do we next play you? Let's have a look. Do we play you again? I'm sure we must. I think we're, uh, we're, we keep traveling back and forth in there. So, uh, let's see. No, it doesn't look like no, it. It's just a wood. Oh, well. We'll have nope. you back on later in the year then. Um, <laughs> unless you somehow make a miraculous recovery to the playoffs and the Rockies make it as well. But um, judging by what you've been saying so far, you don't sound too optimistic that that'll happen. Uh, like I said, it, it's going to be a rough one for us, but at least it's only a 60-game season. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's a lot, lot easier to stomach, isn't it, than over uh, 100, 162. Like I said, we, we know, like, we're kind of hoping in two years' time, watch out. We, you know, all our young pieces will be together. Uh, Jared Kelsnick and the, and the Miners just tearing it up, and, and everyone's telling him to bring him up, but he won't realistically come up till next year. And then we'll have a, a pretty solid outfield then. Right, thanks a lot, Bubba, for coming on. And um, yeah, we won't have you back on this year because <laughs> we won't be playing you again, which is a shame. But um, yeah, thanks a lot for coming on. And uh, well, maybe next year we'll uh, we'll be able to speak to you, and uh, maybe you'll be a lot more confident coming into next year. But let's be honest, we'll see you guys next year. <laughs> <laughs> so that will just about do for this week's episode of the October All Over the World podcast. Thanks to Sam and Bubba for coming on, and thanks to everyone who's listened. We'll be back next week when hopefully the Rockies have been able to rack up another couple of series wins. So from me, Thomas Ritchie, go Rockies.